Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. The word says, it was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that your word is true and that it never returns void. Father, I pray with the precision accuracy of the word this morning that it would touch every single heart. I pray for every heart in this room, online, listening, to just be tuned. Tune their ears to hear from you this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move as I speak, Lord. Use me as your vessel to bring the word this morning. In Jesus' name, church says, amen. Amen. Church, you may sit you may sit. So the main scripture that I want to focus on is on verse 27. The verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So the first question is, are you God's sheep? Are you a part of the, of God's flock? And if you are, then you are supposed to listen to his voice do you listen to his voice because scripture says my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me if you're taking notes this morning which i highly encourage the title of today's message is how to hear god's voice how to hear god's voice you know as christians one of the biggest things we always ask is god what are you saying amen, amen. do you ever ask that God, what are you trying to tell me? Do you ever ask that? Lord, speak to me. If you're not asking those questions, then I first want to ask, do you even have a relationship with, with, with the Lord? Because having a relationship means you ask, you communicate, you speak. One of the biggest things that I do in my faith is I ask God, God, what do you want? What are you saying? What do you want me to do next? What is my next, next step? What do you want me to do, God? The first thing is, I want to encourage you, start doing that more if you're not, right? Your intimate relationship with the Lord should be consistent in your asking of questions, in your asking of what the Lord is speaking and saying to you. You know, I want to just bring something up quick as we move on. It's, have you ever experienced this in your Christian life or, or have seen this happen in your, in your Christian circles? You know, growing up, in, growing up in church, growing up in Christian camp, and I grew up in church, so, you know, I've seen it all. I've seen the real Christians. I've seen 
the fake Christians. I've seen the Sunday Christians. I, I've seen it all. Have you ever seen this kind of Christian where people are conversating and, and, and let's say someone says something to you. Let, let's say someone comes up to you and says, hey, you know what? They're, I think this Bible verse is perfect for you. I think God spoke to me to tell you that this, this word is for you. Or let's say someone says, I know this job opportunity and I feel like you'd be perfect for it, right? So it's good things. It's encouragement. It's you're helping someone out. And then the response is, oh, thank, thank you. Um, let me pray about it and get back to you. Have you guys heard that before, right? The, 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 I would call it a Christian staple, actually, where we respond like, let me pray about it and let me get back to you. Have you experienced that? Can I get an amen? I've experienced, I've experienced doing that myself where let's say Pastor John is saying, hey, Pastor Sum, I feel like you should do this. Pastor John, let, let me pray about it, you know? I think you should, you know, let, let, I'll pray about it, right? If I've been, a, I've, been, I've been a witness of that. I've said that a lot. And I'm sure you've seen it or have done it yourself. There are three things that I want to point from that conversation saying, let me pray about it and get back to you. There are people that actually don't do that. There are people that are all talk and they do that just to maybe end the conversation or just to move on from that conversation, right? Let's say someone says, hey, I think you should do this next. Let me pray about it. And then in your mind, you already think, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just saying that because to end the conversation. So that is the first, that, that's not right. Right? If you say to somebody, let me pray about it, actually pray about it. Actually go home, take your time to actually pray about it and ask the Lord if that is your next step. Okay? Because if you're not doing that, then you're basically lying to the person. You're saying that you're going to do something, but you don't. Some people, as I mentioned earlier, say it to just end the conversation. Some people, as again, just say it, but then already made up their mind based on their own decision. And the third one is my favorite, where you actually go home, go in your quiet time, and you pray about it. And see, there's something special about when you do that. It's because you're actually putting God in your decision-making point in your life. You're putting God as your priority in all of the big decisions in your life, not you. So if I can give you something today, if you've ever come upon that conversation and someone is encouraging you... Pastor John, could it, it could be Pastor John, it could be a friend, a leader in church, it could be me giving you a word, giving you an encouragement. Your response should always be, I want to I know, I want to pray about it. Thank you. And not just ignore it. Can I deposit that for you today? Can your mindset be always receptive? Can you start beginning to take criticism and encouragement and receiving it to grow in your faith with Jesus? Can, can we do that, church? Amen. I believe that if that is your attitude and posture, your relationship with the Lord would actually become more intimate. Because whatever happens in your world, you're saying that, Lord, I can't make that decision. I need you to help me make that decision. And that's how we should be living as Christians, putting the Lord in all of our decisions. And if you're not doing that this morning, that's your wake-up call. Bring the Lord in to all of your decisions in your life. Because if you want God's plan and purpose for you, then you're going to want that plan. But who's how are you going to live in your plan if the planner is not giving it to you? Amen? So keep that in mind. That is the first deposit for you this morning. I want us to start speaking to the Lord in all areas of our life. You know, the title of this message today is, How to Hear God's Voice. 
right? How to hear God's voice. I mentioned earlier, as you leave church today, I pray that as you receive the message, you will begin to understand how to hear God's voice more clearly, okay? But it's first to understand this, that hearing God's voice, God isn't the problem. God isn't the problem, okay? A lot of people say, God, why aren't you speaking to me? God, I'm praying. I'm, you're not talking to me. You don't care about me. Church, God is not the problem. God is not the problem. It starts with us. We are the ones that need to hear from God. You see, some people think about that. I want to hear from God. We put so much emphasis on God speaking to us that we forget, are we even in a posture and a position to hear from God? Okay? Do you hear from God and do you want to hear from God? It's the first thing you have to realize. God is not the problem when he's trying to speak to you. It's us. Scripture says in Jeremiah 29 verses 13, if team, we can get that on the screen. Jeremiah 29 verses 13 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. You see, as I mentioned earlier, God is not the problem. It's us. Not as the problem, but us as the, we have to be the ones that we need to look for God wholeheartedly. Are you seeking God wholeheartedly? And the, the, the word says you will find me, but we have to first search. We have to first look. Jeremiah verses 33, Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 3. God says this, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. What's special about this is it goes back to our question. We always ask the, we always ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, what do you want? And that comes in a place of mystery, right? Because we don't know what's next unless we ask the Lord. But God is saying, ask me. And I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. I'm trying to bring us back to a posture of God is not the problem. It starts with us. You know, the, the fun thing about this message is getting to the part of how to hear from God and how God speaks to us. And we're going to get there. But first, I want to talk about what stops us from hearing God. Let's first start there. What stops us from hearing God? I believe that we've all probably experienced a lot of this and why it's hindering us to hear from him. Okay, the first reason is psychological. There are psychological reasons why we don't hear from God. And what specific I mean is lies from the enemy. The lies from Satan, lies from the devil, lies from Lucifer that are psychologically affecting us, that is distracting us and stopping us from hearing from the Lord. You know, there are people, there are Christians all over the world. There are people all over the world that says these things. And these are all lies from the enemy that as you leave this morning, these lies are going to be gone in Jesus' name. And we're going to preach on that right now. If you're thinking like this, we have a response for you today. If you think that you are not worthy enough to hear from God, these are the types, these are the lies from the enemy that God does not love you. That's another lie from the enemy. God left me for dead and never cared for me. This one's good. God talks to perfect people and not me. God talks to perfect people and not me. Another big lie is God will never forgive me. You see, if you are thinking any of this today, that's a psychological reason. Distracted from the enemy that has stopped you from hearing from the Lord. You need to change that mindset to thinking these things, that you are worthy to hear from God. You are loved by God. The Bible tells us that we are all children of God, and God loves his. 
That means he loves us. What the enemy meant for evil, what will God do? He'll turn it for the? And that's right. See, if you believe that God doesn't want to talk to you because you're not perfect, I have something to say to you. That's one of my biggest things as, as, as a Christian where people always say, Christians need to be perfect. Christians act like they're the best in the room. They're, they've got it all together. But the truth and reality is we don't. And that's why we need Jesus to help us attain the best that we can be. So if you're here thinking that Christians are perfect, we strive to be perfect. But do we fall short? We do. But that's okay. That's when we seek and ask God to intervene and help us with Holy Spirit to be as perfect as we can be. That's the special thing about Christianity. Okay, so if you're sitting here and you need to hear, you need to hear that, with God, you strive to be perfect. Okay, and if people are telling, if I've experienced this many in my life where let's say I, I messed up. People that are, they're quick to point the finger. But as Christians, we stay humble. We stay humble and we say, we're going to do better. Holy Spirit, help us, teach us for what's next. Okay? For the verse, for, for the conversation of God talks to only perfect people, I want to just share something incredible with you. I've, my fiance gave me a book this week called Victorious Mindsets. It's a book and it talks about having a victory, a mindset of victory. Ha having a, a mindset of, you know, always thinking positive according to God's word and encouraging you. And there's a chapter that says, in quotations, I am not loved because I'm not perfect. And the chapter ends up saying this. Hear my perfect in quotations, okay? Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. These are all biblical heroes. Jacob was a liar, right? Joseph was abused. Moses had a stutter. Gideon was af afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair. King David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran away from God. Naomi was a widow. Job was bankrupt. Peter denied Jesus, how many times? Three times. The disciples, they fell asleep when Jesus was praying. Lazarus was dead. Perfect? No. I don't think so. Did God use these people in the Bible for amazing things? And you see, what God used these people, these heroes in the Bible, he can do and use you. Right? So if you have that mindset that you're not perfect and God doesn't want to talk to you and speak with you, it is proven in history that he's already done it. And does God change? Is God's character always the same? Amen. And that's the God that we love and that's the God that we serve. He's never changing. If he can speak to all this, all the heroes in the Bible who aren't perfect, he can also speak to you. Can I get an amen this morning, church? Can I get an amen? You see, all the people listed, they weren't perfect yet they did incredible things number two is theological belief number two on why what stops you from hearing from God is theological belief and that is the thought that God doesn't speak anymore he speaks only in the biblical times he speaks only in the times of the Bible he doesn't speak anymore you know doing some research and deep study there is no evidence in scripture that says God does not speak anymore 
So without that, there's no proof that God never speaks anymore. And the fact that we just came to a conclusion that does God change? No. So God still speaks today. And if you think that the God only speaks in biblical times, then I'm here to tell you that you are wrong. God is still speaking today. And he is speaking to you today. Okay? Number three is inexperience. Number three is inexperience. And what that means is you feel like you don't have the experience to hear from God. Maybe you're a newer believer, right? Maybe you are just not familiar with how to hear God, and that's okay. And that's why we're in church, to grow, to learn about how it is to hear God's voice, all right? It goes back to my question, do you even want to speak to God? Are you excited? Are you interested in seeking a conversation with the Lord? You know, a little bit about me is, I've mentioned this many times, but I love basketball. I love the NBA. I know that um, I love talking about basketball. I love watching basketball. And something really excites me about my favorite player, right? Do you guys have a favorite sports team, sports player, or a favorite celebrity? Someone that you look up to, someone that you watch, and, you know, they, they get you excited, right? So my favorite player is LeBron James. I love his game. If you don't know who that is, then... He's a basketball player. Uh, he's not too famous. <laughs> um, but that's LeBron James. He's my favorite player. I love how he plays. I love his leadership. And, um, but see, something about talking to LeBron James gets me all giddily. I'm like, oh my, like one day I want to speak to LeBron James. Like if LeBron James comes in front of me, I'm, I don't know. I might just, uh, like, I, I don't know what to say, right? That's because I'm, he, he's a celebrity, you know? We look up to him. And I'm sure we all have someone in physically a human like that, right? Someone we look up to, we want to meet. I remember two years ago, my, my brother took me to a Lakers game, to a basketball game in the Raptors, and LeBron was literally walking in front of me. He was like playing, he was walking in front of me, and I yelled out, LeBron! I was like, LeBron! <laughs> I was like, Le LeBron! And I have video proof. He looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me. I have video proof if you want to see it. But see, he didn't say, he didn't say Zoom. <laughs> he just, he, he was walking, he's like, and I was like, oh, he, he looked at me. See, I got excited over a man, over a celebrity. I'm guilty of it. The truth and reality is, let's turn it now to God. The, the God of the universe, Zoom, are you excited when you, when God looks at you, are you excited when God speaks to you? That's my question for you. When God, that should be your feeling like, oh, it's Jesus. Jesus is here. Oh, my. That should be your attitude. And see, I talk about the LeBron thing to show you that if we're giving a lot of attention towards human man, you need to give the attention to the Lord and Savior of the universe triple times, a hundred times, a million times. Can I get amen this morning, right? And that's the attitude that we need to have with the Lord. It's when he intervenes, when his presence is in the room. We sang about it. The Lord is in this place. Are you just standing in your pew like... Or you're like, God is here. The Lord is in this place, and he is... That's the attitude we need to have as Christians. When the Lord walks, we, we surrender. He's the king of the universe. Can I get an amen for that? Amen, amen. I received that. 
John Job chapter, verse, uh, chapter 33, we're going to turn scripture again, and we're going to read on this, similar to the whole celebrity LeBron story. Job 33, verses 12 to 14 says, But you are wrong, and I will show you why. For God is greater than any human being. That leads on to what I was just saying. For God is greater than any human being. So why are you bringing a charge against him? Why, does, why say he does not respond to people's complaints? This is for people that say that God doesn't speak. For God speaks again and again. Though people do not recognize it. Okay? This is very important to realize. God is always speaking. But remember, God is not the problem. Do we recognize what he's saying? Do we recognize when he is speaking? And now we're going to dive into how God speaks. Okay? We're going to go into a list of how God speaks. And as you leave today, I encourage you to take notes because these are all ways that have proven in Scripture that God speaks. Okay? I'm going to lift up the Bible. This is the obvious way. Okay? This is God's Word. God's Word, in Timothy says, it was breath out of God. God breathed the Bible for us. He, he spoke the Bible for us. So that's not going to be a list today, but it's obvious. The Bible is how God speaks to us. And if you don't daily read God's word, then you're not going to probably hear from the Lord because this is God's words. He's speaking through the Bible. So that's an easy, quick encouragement there. Are you opening your Bibles daily? Because if you're not, then it's less likely you'll hear from the Lord. The number one thing, the number one, how to hear God's voice is through prayer and fasting. Through prayer and fasting. We're currently in day seven of our prayer, 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is our first Sunday after and that's how we hear God. The Bible tells us when we abstain from foods, physical needs, Lord will actually speak, right? Pastor John has mentioned incredible stories at Weston how people have fasted and God has responded. And that is strictly how it is. As you pray and fast, the Lord will speak to you, okay? Matthew 7 verses 7 to 8 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Matthew 7, 7 to 8, keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who seeks, finds, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Church, have you heard of the pray principle? Have you heard of the P-R-A-Y pray principle? So I read this where the word pray, you can actually break it down to steps, like an acronym. P-R-A-Y. Okay? And the first pray principle is P. P for pause, right? In the term of prayer and fasting, we pause on our foods, right? We pause on our daily activities. We pause on our job. We pause on our necessities in life. We pause, right? When you pray, do you pause? Do you pause and give time to the Lord? P for pause. Pray, R, is reflect, do you reflect on what God has done for you? Do you reflect on what God has already done for you? And do you show gratitude as well? Are you thankful for what God has done for you? Sometimes Christians always think about, what's next, Lord? I want the next thing. But we always forget about what God has already done for you. Pray. A. Ask. This is where we get to ask. We just read Matthew that if we ask, if we seek him, God will respond. Ask the Lord for favor. 
Ask the Lord for what's next. And as we talked earlier, ask the Lord to help you make a decision. Why for yield? This is my favorite one. Pray why we allow God to take control. You see, when we pray, we end with, in Jesus' name, amen. We end with prayer, and now we allow God to take control. We allow God to now be responsible and, and help us with whatever we just asked for, whatever we just seeked for. The pray principle. Pause, reflect, ask, and yield. The second way to hear God's voice, we just talked about the first, which is prayer and fasting, is through dramatic and quiet encounters. Dramatic and quiet encounters. You know, as Christians, sometimes we always want that dramatic encounter with the Lord where he comes into your bedroom or in front of you as you're driving or as you're walking. He's saying your name and he, he calls you and says, Zoom, I'm speaking, or, or he calls you and says that. There are moments like that in the Bible, but there are also the quiet encounters that the Lord can speak to you. You know, we know about the road of Damascus. If you're familiar with that scripture, you know, Saul, Paul, Saul, there he's going and he's about to persecute Christians and then God dramatically encounters him and says, Saul, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? And then we know the story. He gets radically changed and becomes one of the greatest writers in history, written a lot of the a lot of the New Testament, but that is a dramatic encounter. That's a dramatic encounter. The Lord can do that for you. He can. But sometimes it's the quiet encounters. That's how the Lord speaks to you. We're going to read scripture in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 32. And I want us to follow along the scripture. We just talked about the road to Damascus. Okay, that's the dramatic encounter. And we're going to read about a quiet encounter. How the Lord speaks, okay? And this is called the road to Emmaus. Pastor John, Emmaus, correct? It, during the week, Pastor John comes in my office and says, Pastor John, is it road of Emos? Pastor John, road of Emmaus. Thank you, Pastor John. Thank you. So this is the road of Emmaus, okay? And we're going to read lots of scripture here. And I want you to really focus on how God is interacting with these followers. Let's dive in, okay? Luke chapter 24, verses 13. This happens after the resurrection. Jesus resurrected from the dead and this happens right after that same day two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus seven miles from Jerusalem as they walked along they were talking about everything that had happened right they're like whoa Jesus is resurrected as they talked and discussed these things Jesus himself Jesus himself came and began walking with them but God kept them from recognizing him you know, we did a little study there. Why did God kept them from recognizing him? This is a side note and a little nugget for you. You know, sometimes God, not to test you, but just wants to see where your heart is at. Does that make sense? So these two followers were just, they just heard about the resurrection. They see what's going on. But now God, is, God kept them from recognizing Jesus because Jesus wanted to hear from them what they're going to say about what just happened. Keep that in mind, okay? He asked them, why are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness ran across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened in the last few days, okay? It's funny because they're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the one who, who is the center of everything that's happening. He's like, you're the only one that doesn't know. 
Jesus is like, and, and, and this is where I think Jesus can come in with some, with some humor. He's like, what things? What things, Jesus asked. And they responded, the things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our landing priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Okay, so they're telling Jesus what Jesus experienced. Verse 22, then some woman from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures the things that concerning, concerning him. It gets deep here. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. So imagine Jesus with two followers walking this road. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him. Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So Jesus, he went home with them. So they sat down to eat. He took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. At that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, this line is good. Didn't our hearts burn within us as, we, as he talked with us on the road? And explained the scripture to us. You see, what's special about the road of Emmaus is these two followers were literally walking with Jesus. And were literally interacting with Jesus. Did they hear his voice? Yes, they did. But did they recognize his voice? You see, and going back to what we talked about, God is always speaking. But are we recognizing his voice. You see, it came down to a point where Jesus had to break bread with them and sit down with them, and then they recognize who he is. You know, sometimes that's great, but it doesn't need to go that far. We should recognize and be strong enough Christians in our faith to recognize Jesus immediately when he speaks. All right? We don't need to walk down this road. If you're growing in your faith, you need to be able to recognize Jesus quick. The third reason of how Jesus can speak to you is through your loved ones. Through your loved ones. This can be through your pastors. This can be through your leaders, your parents, your family, through your church. God can use anyone and anybody to speak to you. You're right. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you prayed like, Lord, speak to me. And then maybe a couple days later, someone comes up to you and literally says the word that you've been asking the Lord for. See, that is... Are you able to even recognize that's from God? And are you able even to see that that's the Lord speaking to you? You know, can I be a little honest here? Can, can I be honest, church? You know, with, we're opening up a second location, okay? And when it first happened, I can't deny that there were some nerves in me, right? There were some nerves in me. And it came to a night where I was literally praying and asking the Lord, Lord, am I good enough? Lord, am I ready? Right? It came to a, a moment of breakdown where I had to ask the Lord to speak to me and, and remind me if I am ready. Okay? As I was seeking the Lord, 
the Lord was able to use my loved ones to confirm with me. The first person was actually Pastor John. Pastor John told me that he, I can do it. He believes in me. Okay? Then it was my mentor. My mentor said, you can do this. Then it was my fiance. And then it was my mom. See, God will use the loved ones in your life to confirm things for you and speak to you. But it goes back to, do you recognize it? Are you recognizing when the Lord is speaking to you? The fourth is through prophecy. Through prophecy. You know, we had an encounter night uh, in December, one of our, a very powerful encounter night in the north. And there was a couple in our church that shared a testimony there, specifically towards prophecy. Before I tell you that, I just want to read scripture quickly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1, and it says this, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the ability the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. You know, prophecy is, 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 is a very, very powerful thing. It can also be a very sensitive one because sometimes people could take prophecy into a whole different level. But at church, there are ways we can see prophecy and see if it's prophecy from the Lord. You know, the testimony that was shared from, on the encounter that was from a couple in our church, they shared that when they first came to Weston, I forgot what year it was, but when they first came to Weston, um, they, weren't, they, were just, they were just a couple and they were married. Okay, they're married and they're new to our church and I wasn't here around that time, but Pastor John was here and this testimony really, really, really hit me, right? And if you were at the encounter night, you've heard this, but if you weren't, if you weren't I'm going to share it. The couple came and there was an altar call and Pastor John called an altar call and then, you know, Pastor John's praying for everybody and, and, he, and he said that when Pastor John was praying for them, he, Pastor John never met them before, and then he was praying for them. And then what happened was the prayer ended. The prayer ended and Pastor John was moving on to the next, the next person, the next prayer, right? But then something spoke through Pastor John. And Pastor John, I'm speaking for him right now. Something in Pastor John led him back to the couple. Led him back to the couple. And Pastor John gave them a word that in a year from today, they're going to have a child. You see, when he said that, I asked so many questions like, did Pastor John know that you, you, you were trying or, or all these things or all, all, all these questions? But it actually came to a fact that Holy Spirit, God used Pastor John to prophesy to that couple. And see, and that's how the Lord speaks. The Lord will use your pastors, your leaders, and people around you to speak to you. And then from that testimony alone, the story becomes true because a year later, they did have their child. And what's the beautiful thing was Pastor John didn't know that. But see, see how Holy Spirit moves? Holy Spirit will use you to maybe speak to somebody else. And that will help somebody else hear from God. Okay? But it's very important to understand that prophecy, as I mentioned earlier, it's a very sensitive topic because prophecy needs to align with God's word. Okay? Because there are people out there that could just say things to you and say this is prophetic, but is it really prophetic? And how we know it's prophetic is if it aligns with God's word. Does the prophecy encourage, right? Does it comfort you? And more importantly, does it edify the church? Is it uplifting? Is it taking Weston into a higher level, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 12, it says this, 
And the same is true to you since you are so eager to have this special ability the Spirit gives. So the Bible tells us we need to seek prophecy. It's a gift that we should be practicing and, and, and seeking. Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So if you're given a prophetic word, given an encouragement, is that going to be edifying the church, capital C, the church as a whole? Your faith, your walk with Jesus, is it going to do that? Okay? Is the prophecy biblical? Okay? Is it Christ-like? Is the prophecy word given to you Christ-like? And if, if it checks marks all of these boxes, then you know that's God speaking to you. Amen? Because I can have someone come up to me and say, hey, Sum, you're going to be a millionaire. And I'm, wow, I, am I going to receive that as prophecy? No, there's no way in the Bible that tells us that, that we're going to, right? But if someone tells me, Sum, you are going to lead, you are going to, then okay, there's scripture on the Bible, God taking leaders and care. That's how we see and review prophecy. It goes back to our conversation at the beginning. When someone tells you something, when you, is your response, let me go and pray about it. And then are you going to pray about it to see if that prophecy is God speaking to you? Number five is through God's whisper. Through God's quiet voice. I mentioned earlier about a dramatic encounter with the Lord. We all want that dramatic encounter with the Lord where we hear from him audibly. But there is scripture that actually says that God can speak through a small whisper. Through gentleness. Through a quick tap on your shoulder. In the Old Testament, we know Elijah, and there's this story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19 where, you know, God is speaking to Elijah, and what happens is God ends up sending, you know, there's an earthquake, there's a mighty wind, there's fire, right? But if we read the scripture, it says that, but God was not in that, in those things. But then God ended up whispering, whispering to Elijah with a gentle whisper. You see, there are two things that we can learn from, those, from that scripture when we learn about, you know, how God interacted with Elijah. We can learn that sometimes we always want to hear from the Lord like a storm. Like it's a miraculous, uh, it's like fire, like the burning bush with Moses. We want to see, see something that is out of the ordinary to hear from God. But in this case, it's not about that. It's about the small whisper that the Lord speaks to you. And most of the times, it's Holy Spirit giving you a nudge. Are you able to recognize when God speaks to you in that gentle whisper? The number two thing that I got out of this is those storms, right? The earthquakes, the fire, the wind. It represents the distractions of this world. It represents the culture that you live in. It represents your priorities, right? Where you're obviously putting all of the big things around you as a priority over the Lord, and the Lord is trying to whisper to you and speak to you, but you're so focused on the earthquake. You're so focused on the fire. You're so focused on the winds. You're focused on the culture around you where it stops you from hearing the Lord. The Lord wants to speak to you through a gentle whisper. Number six is through dreams. Through dreams. This is one of my favorite ways the Lord can speak because there's, there's amazing prophecy through it, through visions, but there are also people that take dreams and, and, and try to make a dream into a reality. But once again, do you recognize when the Lord is speaking to you through your dreams? You know, there's actually evidence all over the Bible of God speaking to his biblical characters with dreams, with visions, right? But it's how you respond to a dream and how you interpret it if that is from the Lord, okay? There's a list that I have for you here is when you have a dream at night, what, what do you guys do the next morning? 
Do you guys wake up and say, I had a dream, oh my, and you call the person who's in your dream, you call someone that's, and you say, oh, that person, do you, do you make it into a reality or, or, or do you first start with common sense? Common sense. You know, my mom is watching online, so mom, forgive me for this one, but one day we were driving, uh, we were driving and uh, my, mom, my mom says, Zoom, I, oh, I had a bad night last night. I said, what's up, mom? What's, and she goes, I had a bad dream. And then I was like, oh, do you think it's like maybe God speaking to you? She's like, I don't, I think so. I think he's trying to try to speak to me because I remember it. My mom, my mom, like when she remembers a dream, she feels like it's God is trying to help her remember it. It's kind of funny. And I go, well, what happened in the dream? She goes like, okay, so I was in Thailand and I was walking and, and then there was a flood and there was a flood and then a bunch of crocodiles start, started, started walking all over the streets and they came for me. They came for me and they tried, tried, tried to eat me. And I said, wait, mom, you think that's from the Lord? What, what? She's like, I don't know. I remember it. And I'm like, mom, I, I, that's, that's just a nightmare. <laughs> okay, it's not, it's not God speaking to you. To your dream. I love you, mom. But use common sense in your dream first, okay? Realize who's in the dream. What is the activities? Maybe it's Pastor John or a Western friend or a church involved, use common sense to then take on to the next step. The next step is ask the Lord then. Lord, was that from you? Lord, are you trying to say something to me right now? The next step I like to do is write down your dreams. Write down your dreams. Do you make a habit into writing when God does something for your life? That's something that I learned in my growing up. I like to record specific moments in my walk with God sometimes to read and remind myself what the Lord has done for me and if you had a dream write it down write it down and maybe you're going to read it again and see maybe it speaks in a different season but write down your dreams there's actually evidence in the Bible where Daniel wrote down his dreams Daniel wrote his dreams down and that's a habit that you should do too write down your dreams you know I actually want to share something incredible that I actually wrote down and I, in, my, in my iPhone, I go to my notes, and I have, a, I have a, a, a folder called God's Work. God's Work. So that includes dreams, you know, maybe prayers that have been answered, miracles that I've seen, incredible encounters. And as I scroll, so I have a lot of things that I, have to, I write down when God does. And I've told nobody this, but on December 14th, 2021, okay, I wrote down this dream from the Lord, and I want to share it with the church today. In a vulnerable state, okay? In December 14, 2021, if, y'all, if you guys know my journey at Western, I came in October 2021. I came in October 2021 on staff as the media, as our media director. So this is that December. This was all I wrote. So all I wrote was this. I dreamt on December 14th, I dreamt that all the work I was doing at Weston was good enough. That's what I wrote was wondering if I wasn't doing well because of unrecognized work. But in my dream, God assured me saying, I am proud of you. So you see, in that season, I remember that season clearly where I was just new on staff, working with Pastor John and Pastor Miguel and Matt, and, uh, and, we were, and, and I was doing everything behind the scenes. Right? I was in the booth, creating our media elements, creating announcement video. I was doing all these things where nobody has seen, and I felt like God... Am I worthy? Am I even valuable here? I started to feel that, and this is where I'm being vulnerable now. But then the Lord was able to speak to me in my dream on December 14th that he's saying, Soom, 
I am proud of you. So see, I didn't get, maybe at that time, I didn't feel it, but when I, I seek the Lord for that, and that's how the Lord will speak to you in your dreams. I was in a season of desperation, and the Lord speaks. And I believe that's the same story that can happen with you, right? When you enter into a posture of wanting to hear from the Lord, He will speak at the right perfect time. And then the long story short, of, I've grown so much here. Right? From that season to growing to 2024 now, it's been a great journey. But it all starts with, the go with God speaking to me. And he can do that with you too. Okay? Tonight, as you get into your quiet place, that is your next step. Lord, speak to me. Lord, I'm dealing with this. I need you to, I need you to speak to me. And watch him give you that dream. Okay? People, the next step after that is to seek wise counsel as well. So make sure if you have a dream, write down your dream. Go see a leader. Go see a pastor. Does this align with scripture? Does this make sense to you? Okay, and then end with asking the Lord again. Ask the Lord again. It's very important to understand this too, that with dreams, it is not a necessity. So there are people that sometimes think, if God doesn't speak to me in my dream, I feel like I'm being left out. Okay, so make sure that you guys are never labeling or comparing yourself to somebody else, saying... God spoke to that person in a dream. He didn't speak to me in a dream. I'm, I'm not as Christian as, as, or holy as, is, that's not how it works, okay? God can choose to speak to you in any way he wants. He's always speaking, but just realizing if you need to recognize when he speaks to you is the important part, okay? The seventh thing is through community. God can speak to you through your community, and as, and as we're slowly wrapping up, this is very important. This is why church is important. This is why it's important to gather on a Sunday morning. Why it's important to make it intentional to come on Friday nights to prayer night. Why it's important for the youth to be in youth downstairs. You hear God speak in your community, right? That God will use the people around you to speak to you. But when you're in a place of prayer, you're in a place, God's house, there's a way better chance God is going to speak to you. Going back to Luke chapter 24, verses 30, on the road to Emmaus, we talked about Jesus breaking the bread. And verse 30 says this, As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. See, it took a moment of communion, fellowship, sitting down, having dinner in a place where they began to recognize that that was Jesus. And that's the same thing with you. Put yourself in a place of community. Make it intentional to be in church because that's where the best place to hear from the Lord, in God's house. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask right now if Captain Rose can help me. I'm going to ask for the keys to come up. And I'm actually going to ask the whole church to stand as well as we wrap up the message for today. I believe it all comes down to all of us. We all need to have a desire to want to hear from God. Right? And Western youth on this Friday, we had, a, we had a nice Western youth this Friday, and we went around the whole circle, and we asked the youth, in 2024, what do you guys want to hear, uh, 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 learn about? How can me and my leaders teach you better as you're growing up in your faith? And one of the youth actually said what it means to be a godly man, okay? When he said that to me, it came to a point where I said, a godly person recognizes God's voice. And today in this house this morning, as you leave church, with all the things that I've given you on how to hear God's voice, I want to encourage you to start asking the Lord to speak to you in all these kinds of ways. In all these kinds of ways where when God is always speaking, you begin to recognize immediately when the Lord speaks to you. 
You see, you need to be able to have a, a level of faith where when something prophetic, something, let's say, godly, something that is encouraging you comes to your table, you're able to pick it up and know exactly what to do with it. That is what makes a godly person. And it starts going back to the first thing I ever said, it's getting into his word, right? You hear God speak through the word. If you don't open your Bible daily, then you're not going to hear from God because this is everything the Lord has and needs to say to you. You see, it bothers me so much that when, I, when, when, when people don't open their Bibles during the week and they come to Sunday acting like they've read the Bible the entire week. You see, in your quiet time, that's the most important part. You know when you spend your time with the Lord. And if you spend enough time with the Lord, the question on how to hear God's voice shouldn't even be in your arsenal. You need to be able to just hear God's voice and speak daily like, I heard God yesterday. He said this yesterday. God spoke to me through this yesterday. God told me to tell you this. That is the attitude we need to have as Christians where we're building each other up, but it starts off with your quiet time with the Lord. When do you open your Bible to grow into a stronger relationship with Him? Number eight is in obedience. You hear the Lord in obedience. In obedience. The Bible gives us how to live a godly life. The Bible tells us what not to do, what to do. God tells you to do something and you do the opposite. God told Jonah to go preach. Jonah ran away. God is telling you something this morning, but are you in obedience to what he's telling you? If God is telling you to speak to this person and give them encouragement, are you saying, Lord, I'm shy, I, I, I can't do that. If the Lord is saying, you need to sacrifice this to give this more priority, are you doing that? And most of the time, God is giving you direction to help you become closer in your relationship with him. God speaks to you in your obedience. And it's very important to recognize that he cannot bless your disobedience. We've said that many times here at Weston. If you are in a life of disobedience, if you're in a life of sin, and you keep on doing it and you keep on, how is God going to speak to you if, he's, if he sees you just purposely sinning, sinning again? In your obedience, the Lord begins to speak to you. Going back to our excitement when the Lord speaks to you, you need to be more excited when God speaks to you. You need to because everything the Lord has to say to you is good for you. The Bible tells us he has plans for you to prosper, not give you, not to harm you. See, so when the Lord enters your life and comes and speaks to you, it's for the good. So you need to be more excited when that happens. Out of all the ways that I've listed, every single way the Lord can speak, prophecy, through dreams, through visions, through your loved ones, through communion, through obedience, it all comes down to the center. It all comes down to one thing. It comes down to Jesus Christ. It comes down to our relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have an intimate relationship with Jesus, you begin to conversate with him like he's actually beside you. Because the Bible tells us he is. He sticks closer to us. If you're in the house this morning and you have a relationship with Jesus, then I give you I give you praise for that because that is the best relationship that you can have. But if you're in this house and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, there is a God of the universe 
that is speaking and there is a God of the universe that cares and loves you. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then today is your chance. Jesus is the word. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, it's the first scripture of John. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. We're going to skip to verse 16. It says, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? If you have one, if it's shaky, then this is your wake-up call to enter back into that communion with Jesus. Because when you have a relationship with Jesus, you begin to hear God more clear. You begin to hear him speak. He's always speaking, but you begin to recognize it, right? The first scripture we read is, my sheep hear my voice. Weston, let's be sheep of Jesus. Let's be sheep and recognize his voice. To close today's service, I just want to pray. Simple as that. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to come see Pastor John or I at the end of service. We'd love to have an intimate moment with you if you don't know Christ. And we'd love you to lead you to Christ and, 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 and show you what his love means. And it all comes down to our posture of wanting to hear from the Lord. God is not the problem. We need to put ourselves in a place, in a readiness, in an atmosphere to hear from the Lord. And with all the things that I've listed, dreams, prophecy, loved ones, in obedience, that's how the Lord is going to speak to you. But it first starts with your relationship with Christ. With eyes closed everywhere, let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you this morning. We thank you that you're speaking, Lord. Your word says that you speak and speak and speak and speak, but we don't recognize it, Lord. Father, I pray today as we leave church and we leave these walls, Father, Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to recognize your voice. Help us, help us and give us strength to be obedient to what you're telling us, Lord, and I pray for all fear to go. That when you speak to us, Father, we ask that you just remind us of how much you love us. Everyone here this morning, Lord, we all have a desire to know you and to get closer with you. And that's why we're here, Father. And as we do that, Lord, we ask that you come down. We ask that you move, Lord, and you, and you respond, Father God, and help us tune our ears to knowing it's you. Father, we want to hear from you. We love you so much, Lord. I'm just going to allow Holy Spirit to speak right now. And you just begin to pray to him and just invite him. Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak, Lord, right now. Ask God what it is that you want to hear from him, Holy Spirit. 
Father, I pray for deposits, Lord, deposits in people's hearts for wisdom, Lord, for discernment, Lord, for guidance on what's the next step in their life, Father. Father, I pray right now for people that are asking for provision, Father. I pray you speak on what's the next steps in that. Father, for those seeking healing, I, I pray for the healing and the next steps for that. And Father, for those that just have the question, like, are you real, Father? You're so real and you're so good. Enter our hearts. Holy Spirit, move. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.